Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, Elisha, and joining me as always, my co-host, Rex. Hello, it's good to be back here. Again. As I said last time, on such a short gap, you know? Like, this is a record for us. Like, we have never been this (laughs) consistent and like... (laughs) Legitimately, I feel like, feel like I'm going to be a broken record soon, but consistency, I'm not familiar with that word, bro. It's so weird, but like, I also like it. It's it's nice to like do this so much. Mm. Uh, I've, I'm actually really enjoying it. If it wasn't for the fact that like, typically it's hell on earth to like research, watch, travel, record, like I would want to do this more. This is fun. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure you're uh, like, yeah, and I hate editing five-hour audio. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, these things, they, uh, they, they happen. happen. You know? Yeah, these things happen. Um, so I got to get used to it, you know? Yeah. So we're back in uh, what will be our second week of October, uh, where yes. we've been doing some horror-themed stuff. So... Get excited for this week's episode. We'll review it, reveal it uh, soon. Because In case you haven't already read the title, you know? Yeah, you know, maybe some people are just so excited. They see an upload and like, <gasps> boom, go. And then they just start listening. Yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. Now, before we get started, um, <laughs> I, I, I guess, so this is, my family thinks I'm weird. Mm-hmm. So my aunt bought me a carbonated beverage, melon cream soda, Felice. It's Japanese. It's a Japanese soda from Japan. It's It was imported from Japan. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've held off since we started recording on drinking it because I was going to review it. So I'm just going <laughs> to – I'm going to crack open and we're going to try it out real quick. Oh my! <laughs> and if you're wondering what it looks like, I'm gonna post it on the uh, Twitter feed. I took a photo, so of course you did. So yeah. Oh, it's green. It's like, ooh, it smells like, uh, like uh, sour, like the uh, green apple, like Jolly Ranchers. Have you ever had those, Rex? I have absolutely no clue what the hell you're even talking about. You so don't know what, wait. You don't know what Jolly Ranchers are? Not a clue, no. Oh my god, they're like hard candies that like get stuck in your like molars. Ah, uh, you see, I don't eat candy. Uh, not much of a sweet guy. I mean, mostly not either here, but sometimes I do. It <laughs> smells interesting, and it's it's like it's like the alien green from like the alien films. That <laughs> weird green, like light green. It's the light green stuff. I think it's mostly like their innards. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try it. Here's a fizzing sound of his body melting. It's melting. It's kind of tasteless. Huh. I mean, I can taste oh, I the melon. It's not very sugary. Like, it's not like American soda, which is like loaded with like a ton of like sugar and preservatives. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't think I'm gonna drink it again. Nice. <laughs> I'll finish it. I'll finish I, it. I think, I think that's a, so obviously we've got a raving review here. Uh, um, five out of five stars. You know, I, I would say it's about a two. Sponsor us. Actually, I did buy three bottles of Mr. Beast's Prime Drink. Of course you did. I did. You're like I, the number one Mr. Beast fan. I know you don't. I know, right? I've got Tropical <laughs> Punch and Lemon Lime and Orange. And let me tell you, these hydration drinks just help me for hours stay hydrated. If you haven't already, check out the Mr. Beast Prime dr- Is it Mr. Beast or is it Jake Paul? I don't have a clue. Jake Paul. I doubt it's Jake Paul. I think, it, I think Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is more believable, I think. Hang on, let me Google this. I gotta Google this. And okay. in the photo, there's also, like, in the background, there's a prime drink in the photo I took. So it's like, I know what I'm doing. Prime drink. Kaiju Conversations, uh, Kaiju Conversations uh, sponsored G Fuel. Yeah, G... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's KSI. I didn't get it right at all. I got it wrong. It's KSI. I don't know, like, what the difference between the three people I've now read off are, but... (laughs) I'm still drinking this Japanese drink. I can think of you, but I don't watch... Yeah, I don't watch any of them. Don't they all, like, wrestle or something? I don't think Mr. Beast wrestles. Jake Paul and KSI have, though. I don't even know what these people are. What is this? I went off of from talking about this Japanese... What relevance does this have to Tokusatsu? That's my question. <laughs> well. Oh, here we go with this spiel. Here we go. This is how it's all linked to Tokusatsu. Prime is like Optimus Prime. And Optimus Prime was from the Transformers series. The Transformers series was inspired by... And I hope you're, like, playing some sort of, like, Jeopardy music, like, sort of, like, music. So Optimus Prime is from the Transformers. And the Transformers were originally animated in Japan by Toei. And Toei was the producers of the Japanese Spider-Man. And the Japanese Spider-Man was influenced by Kamen Rider. Kamen Rider was influenced by Spider-Man. And Kamen Rider was also influenced by the works of Eiji Tsuburaya, the master of special effects that created Godzilla from 1954 up until about 1966. He was still working on the films, but, you know, then he kind of took a step back because he started doing Ultra Man, which is how this is linked to Tokusatsu. Uh, are you waiting for your standing ovation? The, the, the click of me finishing this melon drink was the mic drop <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm so i'm just so good at my job yeah this, sure. this Let, let's, why, uh, let's let's say that yeah sure. this is why i'm paid to do this yeah paid yeah definitely are you not paid uh, i don't believe so no hmm. you'll have to uh make a complaint to management so you 
I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway. Yes. Uh, now. Moving on. <laughs> um, something I wanted to bring up, Rex. Mm-hmm. When we recorded our last episode, or not the last uh, one, our Cloverfield episode, the following day was announced the new director of the Cloverfield movie, which is the first bit of news we've had in like two years for the film. Yeah. And then like three days or like five days after we recorded Jew on today, when we're recording this arrow video announced a UK box set of the first six Jew on. Yes. Six. No. Yeah. Six six. on films. Jew on the curse, the curse to grudge, grudge to and black. Black Yeah. It didn't include 10 fours or in a corner. But Mm -hmm. we still talked about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing with this, we're going to get something related to this. Yes, this very, um, very high profile Japanese film, you know. Or something related to it, which I'm going to talk about in great detail, hopefully. Mm. Uh, But I think we're going to get something in related to uh this topic as well it seems like we're just we're american remake yeah like an american (laughs) well something something i'm telling you we're gonna get something um but it's been really weird and exciting Australian release (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) we've gotten a lot we've been like on the ball for this stuff lately bro we literally i literally mentioned arrow in the jewel did and what happens? Arrow announces a box set. <laughs> now, I did talk to a representative at Arrow after it came out. I was like, hey, U.S. release, you guys. And they said uh, the rights are no. kind of not available, which it would be Wellgo USA and Lionsgate. So, and I don't think Lionsgate has Juon or Juon 2 anymore. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about diving into that, but there's got to be something because I really want Arrow to like they did the ring box set. They need to Mm -hmm. do Juwan over here too. You see, for me, the only only disappointment is um, the absence of, I mean, obviously there's the absence of Katsumi and um, 10 fours, 10 fours, but also the absence of beginning of the end and final curse. Yeah. And I thought that was really weird. It's like, why are you doing yeah. the ring box set? I mean, to be fair, the ring box set also has this issue because it was missing um, Sadako, Sadako, uh, Sadako 3D, Sadako 3D2. Yeah, but then you can argue at least like that's sort of like the original main series, you know, in a sense. Um, but those are connected to the Nagata films too. But like in this case, you've got um, like it, it would make more sense to me if it was like Jew on the Curse, Curse Two, and then Grudge and Grudge Two. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got White Ghost and Black Ghost, which are literally spinoffs. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe, to my knowledge, Kaiko and Toshio aren't in them, or if they mm-hmm. are, they're like very mostly absent. But like maybe one or two scenes or references or something. Mm-hmm. That's my impression, at least, of them. But I suppose we'll just have to wait and find out. <laughs> right. It. 
it's weird. Now there is a David Callick commentary, which I'm like, hmm. The UK is now for is that for any um the grudge or is it for more of the films? I'm pretty sure it's just the grudge. Hmm. Cause it's because I noticed they loaded um the grudge with bonus features, gave a fair lot to the grudge too as well. Um, but then the other films only really have trailers and a couple other things here and there. Like introductions by Takashi Shimizu and whatnot. Yeah. Um that and I also noticed uh, they they market the Grudge and the Grudge Two as their home video release outside of Japan, but there's like some German releases of them and some Italian releases. It's like, no, you guys are late to the party. So I'm excited and I'm yeah. happy, but it's also like mm, Arrow. Arrow's kind of had a they've dropped um, because they're they're so like. It's only a group of like 20 people that runs mm. all of Arrow. Yeah. And it's like they, they're trying to like make the load easier on themselves, but it's also like, come on. Like, mm. if you're going to do Juon, you've got people in the US that have been bugging you for that for years. And to announce it, didn't it be UK only? Like, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not happy that their Battle Royale. Blu-ray also wasn't a U.S. release. That was UK only. Mm -hmm. Unlucky you, I suppose. Yeah, but (laughs) I mean, to be fair, for our friends in the UK, they don't get a lot of what the U.S. gets. So, like, yeah, I guess you can have these things are playing my player. So, are are they? No, oh. Oh, Blu-rays usually aren't region locked. They're the Gamma ones aren't. The I could buy the Juon box set, but it mm. would drive me nuts. Yeah, but you're stingy. You've got well, that like really stingy. It would look weird. Like I would have this one UK release and all of my other US ones. And it's like I don't want to like that. Just looks bad. I can't deal with that. I don't know what to say to you, man. I really don't. <laughs> what? It's it drives me nuts. I cannot. I literally sold you my Eureka Blu-ray of Yatterman because I didn't want a, a Blu-ray that wasn't American. <laughs> oh my god! Again, I really don't know what to say to you. I keep my Japanese release of Juon Two. Oh, I forgot I have that. I have like a Japanese DVD of Juon Two. Nice. I have a Japanese DVD of Foran and uh, Shin Blu-ray. It's about it for me. But I keep it like in a drawer because like I'm not gonna have that on my shelf. <laughs> have it look right. from everything else. I just I can't do it. I can't do it. Meanwhile, me I just put Varan at like I'll just put Varan at the end. Shin Godzilla looks fine because it's got the English text on it. Hmm. Um, but Varan, I just put it at like the very end. See, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. But anyway, another um. I mean, we don't really address news, but, like, I really want to talk about this. I mean, hey, it's last episode, you know? Last two episodes. Pretty relevant to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also wanted to talk about this. My conspiracy theory that everybody thought I was crazy about is proving out to be right. Criterion has officially acquired the rights to Godzilla vs. Mothra. 
it's on Roku, but exclusively with the Criterion Child. Uh, uh, child. I mean, I. <laughs> child. I mean, I heard that. Um, I've heard that being chalked up to possibly just um, like a mistake on um, the listing. But like why would it, be, it for... Why would it say Godzilla versus Mothra be the poster of '92? I mean, other companies have made that mistake before. My my Mothra vs. Godzilla DVD from Mad Men for the 64 movie has the image of from of the 92 poster on the disc. And, like, those discs also have tons of other mistakes, like the wrong monster copyrights on the wrong discs, you know? Like, I don't remember which disc it is. It might have been one of the Godzilla vs. Mothra movies. Um, where it's like you got the Mechagodzilla 2 copyright logo on one of them, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got some are missing monsters, others have additional monsters that just aren't in the movie, you know? These mistakes, they happen. And, I mean, it's a fairly common mistake to confuse the Godzilla vs. Mothra movies, you know? But what are the odds that Sony loses the rights, nobody's acquired them now for three years, and we see this. But why don't we see King Ghidorah? Maybe because King Ghidorah hasn't been revealed yet. That doesn't dispute my argument that it could just be a miss uh, the wrong listing. Also, if it's the wrong listing, why is it the correct year? the correct runtime, all the correct uh, cast members, the correct direct, like everything is listed under Godzilla versus Mothra. Well, maybe they just got everything for that movie and didn't pay enough attention to realize that it was taught that it was the other goddamn movie, you know? And and besides, is, is it playable? Can you actually play the movie? Has someone actually like tried it? Has anyone tried to play Godzilla vs. Mothra 92 on uh, Criterion Channel and had it work? That I don't know. Hang on. Let me... Let me... I'm checking something. There's apparently a list of all the films you can get on the Criterion Channel. Now, mm. now I will say... Okay, I looked there and I couldn't find it. I, I found Mothra vs. Godzilla there. I couldn't find Godzilla vs. Mothra. There's 2,000 films. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's a search feature. Yeah, I'm I'm looking. Okay, but here's another thing. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla is coming to theaters. Mm-hmm. Sony doesn't own the theatrical rights to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not saying that they... I'm not even arguing that they don't own the rights to it. Like, they probably do own Godzilla vs. Mothra. But, like, it's... But, like, this... Um, being used as like evidence of it, I I just I don't think that necessarily holds up to scrutiny when it's it's a listing for where it's where it's apparently streaming. You know, sites like that get get things wrong all the time. Sometimes they have out of uh, outdated information, and sometimes they just list the wrong things. You know, and that's what I think this is. <sighs> I don't know. I just, I feel now, I just looked and I don't see it either. Yeah. 
but here's the thing. I don't see <sighs> Criterion at least has 84 in Biollante. We know that for yeah. certain. On Godzilla Day, I guarantee you those showings of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla will have the Janus film logo. Probably. Probably. I don't see it. I, I've I feel like it was a leaked like it was a listing not meant to be on there just yet. Because Criterion hasn't officially announced it. Uh, even even if that's true, I think that's a bit... I think you're claiming that is a bit of a stretch, I feel. I mean, to be fair, like, the Blu-ray box set got leaked out like two, three months before... I'm not saying that this stuff gets doesn't get leaked, because obviously it does. Things like these get leaked all the time. Merchandise gets leaked all the time. Um, like how just, we knew about, like, say, the Godzilla single point figures got leaked, like, mm-hmm. back in, like, December before um, December of um, 2020. You know? That's mm-hmm. where we learned of Ultima's name. That's how we learned of Godzilla A, Godzilla B, and Godzilla C, you know? Right. I just, I'm willing to put my money on this simply because since that blu-ray came out back in 2019 i have repeatedly said oh i'm sure i'm sure they probably do have the rights like i'm not doubting that part they probably do it's just i don't think this is tangible enough evidence to actually like just say it so uh Blankly, that yes, yes, they definitively have it. Fair. I just, I'm, I, I have definitive. Maybe I shouldn't, but I've been definitively saying since Sony lost the rights, Criterion's getting them. Criterion's mm-hmm. getting them. And now, because not only did we get, uh, we got eighty four and we got Biolante through Janus. We're getting Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, which Sony does not have the rights theatrically for. So that means somebody else picked up the rights for those theatrical showings. I would not be shocked if Janice did. I wouldn't be surprised if Janice is trying to pick up all the rights they can from Sony. So when they finally can make a, an announcement with all of them, they can do it. Um Recently, and there's also the fact of um, sure other wonder. movies coming yes. to Criterion Channel. Yes, Criterion announced. Now, I also have to point out in this announcement, uh, they also announced they're doing Cue the Wing Serpent, but oh, they're, they're also doing yes, um, it's in a s- separate area of the this announcement. Cue the Wing mm. Serpent, but they're also doing Tetsuo the Iron Man, which is through Arrow. So they probably made a sub uh, a deal with Arrow to have it streamed on the Criterion channel for October. Huh. Um, but the Mysterians, Varen the Unbelievable, Atragon, Matango, Dogara, Frankenstein versus Baragon, and Space Amoeba have all been announced to be coming to the Criterion channel. Mm-hmm. I see this as them picking I I see them doing like an eclipse box set, hopefully Blu-ray, of 
Honda's kaiju films. Mm-hmm. Now, Gorath and the Human Vapor weren't included um, because those are likely through MGM still. Mm. Um, but it, I mean, Criterion's worked with MGM. They've done RoboCop. So, mm-hmm. like, there's plenty of things to, like, say, yeah, they're going to keep working on this. Um, and, like, the Godzilla films were streaming for, like, two years before Criterion did the Blu-ray. Yeah. So I just see Criterion doing, like, not a Kaiju Ega box set, but releasing all of Toho's Kaiju Ega. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latitude Zero is still MIA. Orochi the Eight-Headed Dragon is MIA. Um, and then, like, Degaro versus Goliath uh, hasn't been announced but uh, anyway, I just thought it would be cool to like highlight the fact that Criterion has uh, announced some exciting stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. And my hope is we – I would like Criterion to one-up Media Blasters mm-hmm. because like those DVDs are good, but they could be better. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. I want them I, – I just – I want – criterion to prove that they're actually a good distributor when it comes to kaiju um Mm -hmm. arrows kind of shot them and Mm. proven that criterion kind of screwed up with godzilla Mm. (laughs) yeah could have criterion could have given us a little bit better Mm -hmm. and i they know i i mean it's not a secret they like japanese cinema it's not a secret they love godzilla yeah um, so I just, I want them to show that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's just like, I just want to own these goddamn films, man. You know? Right. No. And like, it's time that we had wider available Blu-rays mm. beyond the expensive hard to find DVDs. Yeah. Hmm. Or even just higher, um, just DVDs with some better picture quality, you know? Right. Now, if they did an Eclipse set of Honda's kaiju films, it would be DVD. Yeah. With, Which would be a shame. Yeah, because it would just be the subtitles, and then, like, there would be an essay, and, like, the packaging would be a little lacking. And, like, yeah. I don't want that, because... That's kind of a step down from what Media Blasters did. Yeah. But it would be nicer to just have something and not mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, hey, at, at least maybe someday we'll actually get Rodan and War of the Gargantuas will be available again. Right, exactly. <laughs> That'd be nice. That would be really nice. And I'd love to own Rodan and War of the Gargantuas, you know? If they announced a box set, I wouldn't be surprised because... We've been, they've sat on them for a long time. Mm. Yes, they have. I would not be surprised if part of that was they were just waiting to make a box set. Um, Mm. And they could sub-license Mothra through Sony. Mm -hmm. They could do uh, Rodan, Mothra, or Rodan, the Mysterians, uh, Varen the Unbeliever. Uh, Mothra, Atragon. I don't want them to include Matango because it's not Kaiju. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Gorath if they could license that through MGM? Um, should just do like a separate um, Kaijin box uh, set yeah. from Matango and yeah. then H-Man, Secret yeah. of the Telogen, Human Vapor, all that. Yes, that would be great. That would that would be awesome. The Invisible Avenger. Hmm. I mean, was that Honda? Um, that was uh, Motorochi um, Oda. Yeah, 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 Oda. Um, but like Honda didn't do. I don't think he did Human Vapor. Or no, he didn't do Secret of the Talesian. That was uh, Jun Fukuda. Oh, oh, whatever. Honda just did it anyways. But like, a, like a Toho Kaijin, like that could be a thing. Hmm. Um. Like. Maybe there's one or two more films they could throw in there, do a six movie box set or something. That's that's something Criterion could do. Criterion also has acquired streaming rights for a lot of the Universal Monster movies for their October month. So I, I just I want Criterion to continue to work with Toho and make yeah. these licenses work because it's it's time Toho. Toho's been out of the limelight with their classic stuff. Like Yeah. We don't we don't talk about Toho when we talk about new releases. We never do. Which is a shame because like, all of these films, particularly Honda's works, are absolutely brilliant too. Yeah. Like cause some of the ones that I've been watching for the first time this year and last year are genuinely some of my new favorite films you know yeah i just see this as a beginning of something really nice Mm -hmm. and it would prove that my crackpot cuckoo theories are true because i've been (laughs) saying kaiju box set of just the offshoots and heisei box set Heisei and Millennium, I've been saying. I've been saying that they should hold off on doing Heisei and just do Heisei Millennium together. That way you have 15 movies, 15 movies, uh, skip 98, and then acquire Shin Godzilla. Yeah, no one picks 98, frankly. (laughs) And I don't see Criterion picking up that one. Um, Yeah, honestly. I, I can see them skipping that. <laughs> yeah. And then acquiring Shin Godzilla when Funimation loses the rights and doing a solo release of that one. It's pretty soon, isn't it? Um, technically speaking, it could be at any time. Mm. If if they did the standard uh, release uh, mm-hmm. license, which I've noticed, I don't think Shin Godzilla is streaming anymore. It's not in theaters. It's not on TV. And I know the old Blu-ray and the old DVD are out of print, but the new Blu-ray might still be in print. I could be wrong. Mm. Or it could just be whatever's left, you know? Right, right, exactly. So you never know. But I, I see by 2025, Criterion announcing a Heisei Millennium box set, maybe a Shin Godzilla Blu-ray, or they could just suck it up and finally do something bigger than their 27 uh, film Kurosawa DVD box set from 2009 and do a uh, 30 film Godzilla set. <laughs> or it would be, would it be 30? It would be 
50. I mean, it, de- it depends on it, but yeah, like, um, with shit, with Shin, um, and no, Amer- if you went up to Shin and no American films, it'd be about like 28 or 29. 29. It'd be 29 with Shin. Yeah. But maybe they yeah. don't do Shin and they just do the, what a lot of people the call series. the classic Godzilla series, mm-hmm. the original Toho Godzilla series, which is that 29 or the 28 films mm-hmm. from 54 to Final Wars. Final Wars, yeah. And maybe they want to include King of the Monsters and Gigantus and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they go all out mm-hmm. um, and do this nice deluxe box set. Who knows? Maybe Criterion will be the company to release City on the City Shrouded in the City on the Edge of Battle oh, on Blu-ray. <laughs> hey, prestigious ET. No, it's prestigious. It's Criterion. No. What a wonderful film. No. You should watch it. No. Are you excited for that episode? No. <laughs> God no. <laughs> No, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not. Uh, moving I'm on. That. Moving on. Now you've put me in a bad mood. <laughs> um, we always like to talk about like any tokusatsu we've watched. Uh, I've only watched one besides the main topic of this episode, and it's more toku adjacent. I don't remember. I might have already watched this. I definitely mentioned it. Um. But I got to see Gore Vipinski's The Ring finally. Oh yeah, what do you think? It it neutered some of the original story, but it was still freaky. Um, it wasn't as good, but mm-hmm. it was it was solid. I mean, I'm a fan of Gore Vipinski, so. I definitely wasn't upset with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked it more than the um, the American remake of The Grudge. I still um, need to see that one. I don't know. Something about the American remake of The Grudge just... It's okay, but just... It's an American film trying to be Japanese because... Yeah. That, that was the whole idea was we can't do better, so let's just... Do it again. Do it again. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least the ring changes a fair bit. I mean, is is it the is it the Gorvabinsky whatever the American film that's apparently is it the American film that's more faithful to the novel or is it the um, the Japanese film? The Japanese film. Um, ah. In the American adaptation, the character that Hiroki Sonata was doesn't have any of his like supernatural powers that the book had um Hideo Nagata's film however did include that still huh it was just neutered from the original book mm. so honestly i just need to rewatch both films cuz I, I i remember the general gist of them i just don't remember all the gritty yeah. details you know yeah now and I got to see it in theaters, which was really exciting, um, hmm. because it just had its twentieth anniversary. So I got to see it in theaters. Yeah, you see, f- for my country, they're showing um, the original Japanese ring in theaters. I love that. 
but they're only showing it on like October 31st in certain areas. So I'm probably mm. not going to get to see it. Yeah. Now, which is a shame. I did see before uh, the, my showing of The Ring, they had a trailer of Jew on. So oh. now I'm like, are they going to play Jew on The Grudge? So I'm <laughs> keeping an eye out because I would love to go see that. They're, they're showing House. Um, pretty soon too. I'm gonna go see House. I missed out on seeing House and Fitters. I am genuinely sad about that. Well, again, I will <laughs> second time I've missed out on seeing House and Fitters. I definitely will not be missing out on House because I've already requested day off. I got approved, and I've at least got a friend who will go with me. Now to say he's gonna like it, I don't know. But Isn't I don't that the fun of house and <laughs> inviting a friend to see it, you know? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, you wanna you wanna see a movie called House? It's great. It's it's 1977. Oh sure, man. It's yeah. Japanese, it's kind of funky, it's, you know. It's a haunted house movie. Uh which I didn't realize this, but it was Obayashi's first feature-length film. Mm. Like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Um, because they played a trailer of that before the before the ring, too. Mm-hmm. Not the ring too. Oh, some stuff about um, like how houses was like first um, how Obayashi first got involved with it, and it's some interesting stuff. There's like some quotes in a um, I don't remember whose book it was. It might have been Galbraith's, maybe. Okay. I don't remember. It's 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 a book that's about like. Toho's Tokusatsu films, and it's mostly just comprised of like quotes mm-hmm. um, from the people involved. Uh, it wasn't just Toho; there was also a bit of Gamma too. Okay, I was going to um, say if it's Galbraith, it has to have been his Toho filmography book. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that. Um, there was, I know there was a bit of Gamma in it. I just, I can't remember the name of a book. So it was probably Kaiju Ega. Maybe, uh, I just don't remember. I, I just know there's like a little section that uh, there's a little bit that talks about House and Nobuhiki. Uh, Nobuhika? Nobuyuki? Something like that. Obayashi? Nobuyuki? Yeah, Obayashi. I'll just say Obayashi. Um, okay. I, I'll have to look. Because I was going to say. I'll, I'll look it up later and um, tell you which book it was. Okay, okay. Um, but that's all I got to watch, uh, tokusatsu wise. I did, I got through half of the invisible man versus the human fly, but I had to stop and go do some stuff. So I haven't finished it. This is like third time trying to watch that thing. (laughs) Sounds like you're loving it. Um, Um, I'm absolutely adoring it. Glad to hear it. How about you? Um, for me, I've only really watched, um, uh, title film um, in terms of Tokusatsu. Gotcha. Uh, I've noticed that like the more frequently we record, the less Toku we watch. I mean, yeah, there's it's it's a bit um, easier to watch more Tokusatsu when we have a month gap between episodes than when we have like a week or less gaps, you know? Yeah. This is true. Mm. Crazy, I know. Right. So, okay. Now, Rex, let me ask you, what are you going to dress up for as Halloween? 
I don't have a goddamn clue. <laughs> oh. I was thinking about dressing up as a witch. Oh, why would that be? I don't know. I just I'm feeling kind of witchy. Maybe a a silver haired haired witch, mm. like a, a witch with white hair. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'll have to. I have a friend who's a big fan of snakes. Um, maybe I can get. I'll just sne- steal some snake scales and put them all over me. That reminds. That sounds me. very sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe I feel like I've watched a movie recently that that kind of reminds me of that. And and so kind of I. So mm. have I. What are you thinking? Do you know what movie? I feel like I do. Is it from like the 60s? I think so. Would, would the director happen to be a name we'd uh, recognize? Maybe. Maybe. I hmm. don't know. Hmm. Could it be the snake girl and the silverhead witch? Oh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that's the topic of our episode. Uh, <laughs> I swear we go through this bit like every every time, <laughs> every time. But someone's getting sick of it. I know it. I, I just know it. It's like Jesus, stop. We get it. You guys are idiots. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. These things they happen. So yes, now like forty minutes in, we are going to be talking oh, dear about. God. <laughs> The Snake Girl and the Silver-Haired Witch from 1968. Mm-hmm. Directed by Noriaki Yuasa of the Gamera series. Mm-hmm. Which, from what I read, this was kind of his, like, break film. He was growing tired of uh, making... Essentially, he would... Because Noriaki Yuasa was the director of effects and the typical human scenes of the Gamera films. Yeah. Um, since 1965, it was essentially direct that, go to Barugan, only do the effects, realize they want him. So then he did uh, in 67, Gaios. And then, so he had worked on three Gamera films back to back to back. Yeah. And he was like, I'm getting tired of this. I mean, four actually, since uh, Viras came out before snake go and oh that's right Lynch. that's right viras so he had he had done four camera films and he was supposed to do a fifth they had already uh, yeah. uh cleared a fifth film so he was like i want to do something different and we got this little film yeah which is a very interesting uh note in the late 60s tokusatsu boom uh because this was right after 67 which had your biggest kaiju film uh year ever son of godzilla king kong escapes gamera versus gaios uh gappa the x from outer space um but you had all of these different you know you you were starting to see super raya shows you had the space giants uh, that mm-hmm. had been airing that uh, I'm sure there was still stuff being talked about and other companies working on stuff like that. Uh, Aegon, I've heard, was like 67, 68. That whole Aegon story is like convoluted. <laughs> um, so you had a ton of kaiju. 
And then Dai started producing their yokai films as well. Yeah, uh, which this film was double build with the first one. It was double build with Spook Warfare, which was the sequel. Oh, I mistake. Yeah. Um, and yokai was coming back, and so you were starting to. There was a lot of tokusatsu being created at this time, and the Snake Girl and the Silver Haired Witch is kind of like a time. It's not. It wasn't an independent project, but it feels very mm-hmm. like. Um, separate or yes. far removed from like the it's other its own thing outputs. Yeah, and I think part of that is because it, it wasn't a huge budget, and it was kind of mm-hmm. a small scale project. It was just filling a slot that Dae had in. Uasa wanted to do, and then when he finished this, he went on and did Gamma versus Guiron. Um, so he just jumped ship to the next film and kept doing it for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's an interesting film. Do you want to Rex? Do you want to talk about your the film itself, or do you want to kind of talk about like the behind the scenes stuff first? Um. I don't know. Um, probably just sort of mince a bit of both in there somewhere. Okay. Okay. So let's start off with something that you liked. Let's start talking about kind of something you liked, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, well, probably the thing that just struck me first was the um, the camera work, frankly, in the mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. The framing is really. I, I put that too. Is like the framing in this is really good. Mm. It, it's prob. It's. <laughs> I can't remember who the cinematographer was. Um, but out of all of, out of all of um, Yuasa's films, I believe they did, Gauss, Zigra, and possibly Super Monster. I think Akira. I I mean, if they did Gaios and Guiron, they definitely did some of Super Monster. His cinematography is just wonderful. Like, as you said, the framing is just... It's tight. It's very tight. Very. very. Um, And it's also very flat. Like, a a hallway feels very tiny. And even, like, in the, the Snake Girl scenes, it's, like, really eerie. And mm. there were some moments in this where I was genuinely like, this is creepy. Mm. Oh, it's a very atmospheric film. Yes, that was actually my first – I put atmospheric and then it's I love the framing. Those were my first two notes. And a part of that is the black and white. The black yeah. and white oh, does that absolutely wonders. Just adds to – just adds to the feel. Um. I also have seen the 19, I think it's 1967 Toei film Snake Woman's Curse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of uh, films out there based off of Snake Girl, Snake Woman. Uh, it's based in Chinese mythology. Um, it was brought to Japan and they kind of adapted it to its folklore. Uh, snakes being. I mean, isn't there also like yokai, sort of like. There's a couple different like reptilian based yokai. Yes. Um, and then like the long neck woman um, kind mm. of has a snakish head, um, which actually one of the actresses in Snake Girl and the Silver Haired Witch also played the long necked 
woman oh, in the yokai. Is it the mother? Or? I think it uh, might have been the mother. I'm going to... I've got my little booklet here. I'm going to double <clears throat> check real quick. Because uh, cause there's a couple surprise. Um, one um, actor who I was surprised to see where they went was um, Say Hira... Hiraizumi, I believe that's how it's pronounced, um, who plays like the brother figure, like the um, the nursing home's like brother figure, mm-hmm. the one that supports the the main girl throughout the whole movie. Yeah, he was in um, Shin Godzilla. He um, was. Yeah, you know, after the atomic breath scene, uh, Renosugi's prime minister gets killed. The prime minister, the the person who replaces him as acting prime minister yeah that's that's this guy really he was also in Daimajin and he might have been in Godzilla vs. Destroyer maybe I don't know who he played in Destroyer but he might have been in that as well interesting yeah that was genuinely surprised <laughs> to to find out it was that guy from Shin Godzilla. The, the noodles man. <laughs> that's him? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's... Huh. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Mm. Another a Gamera actor, uh, Yoshihiro Kitaro, um, was the father in this film. I knew I knew I recognized him, and I had a feeling it was the Gamera movie. So I wasn't shocked when I now, when I looked it up, and it was from he was in like three or four of them. Wasn't yes, he? yes. Now yeah. he was. Uh, I think I remember him mostly from Gamera versus Gaios. Is one of the two bumbling, uh, like mind. Oh, that's who he played in. Oh, <laughs> now. Um, unless I'm wrong, now Yoshihiro Kitaro was the person who uh, helped Yokojiro Hotaro become an actor, and that's why Yokojiro Hotaro took that name for his stage name. Was he was inspired by his mentor Yoshihiro mm-hmm. Kitaro? Hmm. So. There's another link, Yokojiro Hotaru, like one of the most like iconic uh, Japanese actors in all of uh, Tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. I'm currently pulling up. I'm trying to get uh, the cast here because I wanna I wanna check something real quick. Um, but yeah, the. Now, like the child actors, they didn't do anything beyond this film. Yeah, is you know kind of disappointing, if you ask mm. me. But it is what it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, the whole team behind Snake Girl was basically uh, a Gamera. It was a Gamera team. Uh, yeah, so it's no sh- surprise that. Even the composer too. It's a solid. T- it's a solid die team. All the characters uh, in this were, or all the, the child actors. That yeah, the child actors were the only ones that didn't really do much after this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that was also kind of par for the course when it comes to a lot of Dae's child actors. Yeah. Foreign and domestic. I mean, it's not like Dae would have sunshine and rainbows too long after this film came out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but going back, like, I, the film, when I was watching it, it felt very much like a universal movie. And mm. I also noticed a lot of people also drew that line. It's very gothic horror in a lot yeah. of its present. I mean, the main, the main um, sort of point of reference that a lot of people sort of compare it to that I've that I read was fairy tales, really. Mm-hmm. It was very fairy tale like, which I would actually agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is largely because I mean, a it's pr- almost entirely from the point of view of a child character, Sayuri, mm-hmm. and then also just how you know ambiguous certain aspects of like the supernatural element of the film is never like explicitly clear is this actually supernatural is this just Cyrus right. uh, overactive imagination it's 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 never clear about that but that's it, it ends up not really mattering because that's not really the point of it all and yeah. i actually i wanted to talk about that because they scooby-dooed us like mm-hmm. you know when yeah when, when the housekeeper <laughs> pulled off the wig i was like whoa i was expecting it to be the mother like i was expecting the mother to be the silver-haired witch I was expecting the mother until, like, the mother um, went for her trip. And then I'm like, oh, it's probably the housemate. Mm-hmm. That was what sort of clued me into it. But um, what really confused me was, like, I, I'm still trying to figure out if she, if this was real or if it was all in her head. Because the opening is not through her perspective. Yeah, yeah, that was that was something I was going to mention as well. That the opening, very clearly, uh, our titular snake girl looks like a snake girl. Right. At least her hands do from what we see. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's... You, you do... It's, it's like Juon in the sense of you're questioning what is going on. Like the 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 story is mostly clear for Snake Girl, but there's a few moments where it's like, what's going on? Like Yuasa did such a good job with trying to keep it condensed in like whose mm-hmm. perspective, but it's like, how is this not supernatural? Like, how did the the uh, did the giant kaiju? It's a kaiju. There's a kaiju in this movie with a Gaios roar. Uh, oh, yeah, with the snake. <laughs> like, did that scene actually happen or did it not? I mean, that was a, that was a dream, to be was fair. It, was it a dream? Yeah. Yeah, like whenever they've got like the Vera sort of looking, um, like it's got like that of that swirly surreal effect with like that looks kind yeah. of like the visuals from Vera. Mm-hmm. Like all those were dreams. So, okay. And they were the best. And they were probably the most striking part of parts of the movie they were i i love them but like things that happened in the dreams impacted the real world at least it felt like it and like i don't know i just i had so many questions it was like what and i'm happy i did like it drew me into the film i uh oh the filming is the film is like 
I was surprised how engaged I was with the film. Yeah, because like for The Invisible Man Appears or Invisible Man versus Human, and even uh, Warning from Space, uh, mm. I find myself really like trying to like be invested in the films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Snake Girl and the Silver-Haired Witch, I was like, okay, I'm a little leery of like getting into this. Like, am, am I going to fall asleep? And then I was like, whoa, yeah. what is... Like, I, I was like trying to figure out what was going on. Alone, I was engaged with the film. Yeah, I was, I was really shocked. And part of that goes back to how the, the film really ha- – the tone is set. It's mm-hmm. – the world feels real. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's so interesting to watch because you're, you're trying to figure out you have an idea like you for me it was like okay i have a pretty good idea of what's going on here but it was also like but i've got so many more questions like is it supernatural or is it just basic if it's not supernatural how did the silver-haired witch do what she did mm-hmm. and like the silver-haired witch and the snake girl puppets are genuinely freaky like uh, during the dream sequence when it's the actual puppet for the snake girl, that thing looks horrifying. Like that's horrifying. <laughs> um, and like the first appearance of the silver haired witch, I was genuinely like, whoa, that's whoa. Like, I, it helps the mask for the silver haired witch looks really good too. Yes, it does. Now towards the end of the film, when they start to show it and it becomes more of a, less supernatural more of like a character that's when mm-hmm. i'm like ooh this isn't looking the nicest but i still found myself really digging what the silver-haired witch looked like mm-hmm. and the first scene of the silver-haired witch with like that shot of all the masks mm-hmm. like in around her that is just the whole anything up in the attic that was it was great. Mm. Now, I I also I feel like we've been like gushing over this. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I must say though, nothing in this film is remarkably exciting and new. Mm-hmm. It's it, yeah. the special effects are lacking, and I even think when they were filming because the end scene. Spoilers, by the way. The end scene is the house is burning down like in Frankenstein or something. Um, It's obvious it's a miniature house. And the reason I can tell it's a miniature house is because they didn't crank the speed up. And so the fire is like really, really fast. Yeah. Um, I love the. I mean, I still think the framing looks great in it. It looks great. It's just it's like, okay, this is... It's a miniature. It's yeah. It looks good, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's the peak tokusatsu of the 60s. Mm-hmm. Nothing in this film is new and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a couple sequences that could look better, like the spider yes. um, attack. The spiders particular. are pretty lacking. Yeah. But even like, I really liked uh, when... When our main character, when she goes into the taxi, you saw the pass the back door open, mm-hmm. 
And it's like, and that's oh, another yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. It's like, is this not supernatural? Like, how did she, like? I mean, that just might be a thing with the taxi. To be fair, what, the taxi you was. open the front passenger door and the back passenger door opens too. I mean, it. I mean, she was the one that opened the front passenger door. Right, but the other, the back the, door. The back one just. Pro- it was probably just the automatic one. Like the one that the uh, driver probably has control over. I don't think taxi. That's, that's have- sort of how I took it. I don't I, know if that's how it actually works, but that's how I took it. I, I, I don't see that as being supernatural. Taxis, I don't see taxis. I don't think that's how they work. I don't know. That's just how I took it. I, I just. I can't sit here and say the movie didn't have a supernatural. Like, something supernatural has to be in this movie. Mm. In, like, like in Juon, like the the back and forth. I kind of saw as like a negative, but in this one, it's like, I love the fact that I can't tell. Like it, it adds so much to this film. Yeah. Cause I can't, I can't tell. Mm-hmm. And like part of, part of it too is Noriaki Wasa's love for children is clear in this film. Oh, absolutely. It, it's undoubtedly Yuasa. So it's like, I don't know. Like, if we go off of that, then it's perfectly nor like it was supernatural because mm-hmm. in all of his films, the kids are said to be wrong and they turn out to be right. Mm-hmm. So something supernatural happened, but we are not presented with that supernatural aspect, like given a clear explanation that, yes, something happened here. Yeah. But strangely, I don't I, I don't find that as a detriment to the film. It's not. Also. It's not. And that's so interesting because it doesn't give you the answers. Mm -hmm. You are left to figure it out on your own. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like the film doesn't, it doesn't establish anything different. It's very straightforward. And they even try to explain to you what is going on. Yeah. Um, Because your Catholic uh, school head, she tries to explain like, oh, maybe, maybe she has a disease like uh, elephantitis, I think is what it's called. And it's like, okay, trying to explain it with science. And then the this, this, this silver-haired witch appears and it's like, that doesn't make sense. And what's, what's with the arms? Like that opening sequence was not in her head. The opening sequence happened in real life. Mm-hmm. Unless that was her dream, and then she got like, because there's narration through it throughout it. Maybe she's recollecting this. Mm. I don't like. There's so many questions. Like I don't know how you can decipher what is real and what is not in this film. If there's even like. If we take it at face value, something has to have been supernatural. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm stuck on that point. Like that back and forth is just everything to me in this film. See, for me, I just think I just think the film works even no matter which way you swing on that argument. I think if there's nothing supernatural going on, I think it still works. Uh for the most part. If there is something supernatural, then you know, this drama still works, I think. I, I, it's just that the supernatural element isn't quite the point of the drama, you know? Right. Yeah. No, exactly. 
And uh, David Keller pointed this out in his commentary. Because going into this film, I was expecting it to be like a traditional Japanese horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, same. Okay, everybody dies or, you know, it's not solved or like it's a vengeful spirit and like they resolve it or something. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't fall into any of those like stereotypical Japanese horror films. Uh, it's very Western. Because it Scooby Doo's us. It. Yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly a lot more of a mystery film as well mm-hmm. than quite a straight up horror experience, you know? Right. It's, it's, it's not giving you the same type of experience as Juon, you know? It's not giving you all those films. It's a bit closer. Um, I would compare it a bit more to Ring rather than Juwon in mm-hmm. that sense. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't fall into those tropes. No, it, it doesn't. It feels like a gothic horror movie made in Japan, like uh, like your Bloodthirsty trilogy that Toho mm-hmm. produced. Except it predates that. I don't know if you've seen those. I have not seen them yet. But yeah, you're right. It it does it predates them by a few years, um, and this isn't from a director like uh, Ryuei Kitamura that's like known for doing more uh, American tropes. Mm-hmm. Or like, no, this is Noriaki Yuasa, a man known pretty much ex- almost exclusively in the West, known for um, Gamera, really. Right, and it's it's quite shocking how different like the only thing in this film that made me feel like it was japanese uh specifically norakiwasa was the kids and the music uh i would also i would also add the dream sequence as well why would you add the dream sequence i, I don't know there's mm, i don't know i just think I don't know, something about that um, sequences, like specifically when the snake girl um, appears to it and is terrorizing, just stylistically, it just something about it. Maybe it's the Tokusatsu element. It kind of reminded me of a couple, just it kind of reminded me of Ultra Q, honestly. Really? Yeah, it, it reminds me of, oh, what's that one episode? It's like, it reminded me of a couple episodes. Ironically enough, one of them being the episode that um, had was it that the episode in like no the episode was loosely like insp- had a little bit loosely inspired by Gamera, the one with the kid, okay. the turtle, and like the at the end there's like the weird dream sequence and they use the Amanda prop. Okay, that episode I was sort of reminded of. See, it's, it's funny you bring up Ultra Q because mm-hmm. Ultra Q does have a link with Snake Girl and the Silver-Haired Witch. Oh. Um, the, not the writer, but the screenplay was mm-hmm. done by a legendary manga artist. Ah, oh, Kazuo uh, Umezu? Yes. Or mm-hmm. I, the screenplay wasn't done by him, but... It was based off of a manga that he had created. Now, he did an 
a manga that Oshiku adapted into one of the episodes. Um, what manga was that? Or what episode of that? I'm going to pull it up. I saw it in the bonus feature. Mm. Because uh, I know that Umezu also did like a manga adaptation of the original Ultraman as well. Interesting. Um, yeah. Another thing I, I know he did was uh, God's Left Hand, Devil's Right Hand, which uh, mm-hmm. Gamma director Shutsuke Kaneko would go on to adapt in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the live yes. action film. I mean, Umezu also did some kaiju manga as well, I believe. Kaiju Gyo, I think, was one. And he did a story about Orochi, too. He did do an Orochi story, that is correct. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also an anthology uh, TV show called Kazuo uh, Umezu's Horror Theater, which uh, I recognize. Yes, I heard of that. that was didn't uh there's some directors in that that i would recognize mm. i'm pretty sure mm. a lot of his works have been influential and have impacted uh japanese pop culture japanese pop culture especially in tokusatsu and i mm-hmm. i find it quite interesting that there's the that parallel of uh Yuasa adapting his Snake Girl story, and then you had Kaneko uh, adapting. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, that is true, I suppose. <laughs> um, so now what I'm hearing is we need Gamera the Brave director, Yuta uh, Tasaki, to do a adaptation of one of the stories. Hell yeah, let's get him to do Kaiju Kyo or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm just checking to see what he's... He's done a I lot mean, of Kamen Rider. He's done a lot of Kamen Rider, yeah. Yeah, he's done a ton of Kamen Rider. He's, been, he's done, like, early, early Heisei and still does, like, now, I believe. Because he did work on Revis... He did Saber and Zen Cage or Superhero Senki. Yeah. Uh, most recently back in 2021. He also has, he did Dawn Brothers. I thought he did some Dawn Brothers. I yeah. wasn't sure about that. So he needs did. to direct uh, something uh, mm. just so we keep it up. I know that there was also another director who did Barugan, but we're not going to count him. He's not included. <laughs> He's not cool enough. He's not cool enough to be in the Gamera Club. (laughs) But speaking of the Gamera Club, uh, the same composer for this film. uh, Yes. Shinsuke Kikuchi? Yes. He uh, he did the score for Gamera vs. Guiron and a few other Mm. Gamera films. He also does the score for this film. And I was so – I will say here's the negative. I was so annoyed by his score – throughout the beginning of the film that beginning like the music just never seemed to stop and i was like i'm gonna be completely honest and say i don't remember any of the music from the film (laughs) i just i kept hearing and i'm like this sounds like gamma versus guiron it sounds like the kids trotting around and that happy music is playing like this doesn't fit um now i remember that being happy-ish music but honestly i am like 
the most musically illiterate person you can find out I just, there. So I just I, I I heard it and I was like, that sounds familiar. And then I kept paying attention because I was like, I want to see how this goes. And I was like, this music doesn't stop. And then it did mm-hmm. stop, and then it was utilized fairly well towards the end of the film. But I I remember being like so done with with the music at one point i was like i'm so done cool it cut it just let it be ambient music or ambient sounds of like the house um they don't even go with with the haunted house aspect like there is this film is the most non-supernatural supernatural movie yeah i've watched from japan so far um it's a lot of nothing, but it's also spooky. And, you know, I, I think part of that is watching it from the child's perspective. Yeah. It's just the film, the film doesn't have a whole lot. There's not a whole lot here minus you could go into the depth in detail of how the snake girl is from China and snakes are the second most associated uh, animal with witches uh, and whatnot. There's not a whole lot, though, beyond that. I mean, there's a giant snake scene, uh, which it was like, oh, here's Yuasa kind of, you know, paying homage to his work with Gamera. And then we have the Gaios roar. Yeah. Um, which was cool to see. I love that sequence. I thought that was really fun. Again, those dream sequences are just absolutely wonderful. They are, and they feel like dreams because of how crazy they get. They are very surreal, Mm -hmm. I'd say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Snake Girl's presence in those is just beyond, Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's dreading, like, the looming threat of this monster, essentially, uh, is really really freaky and the prosthetics look really really good for yeah you know japanese 1960s and yeah, it's unsettling it's unsettling um mm. and I, I just i thought it was really interesting um it wasn't i guess my final thoughts pretty much are like it wasn't a film like quite on the 1965 film uh, from Toho. It wasn't like that where I sat there and I'm like, I'm watching art. It was more of, I'm watching a universal horror movie, but it's Japanese and it's not truly horror. Well, it's not mm-hmm. supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sat there and I was like, this is surprisingly well done. Yeah. Or oh, this is probably my favorite. Um, this might honestly be my favorite Yuasa film. Like genuinely. Honestly, I think I might have to agree with that. Like, I, which genuinely surprised me. Like, I, 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 I didn't think it was going to be his worst film because, like, it's kind of hard to Super um, Monster beat his later entries and Zegra. Super Monster. You can't get worse than Super Monster. That is literally the worst kaiju film I've ever watched. I don't know, man. Ziggler was a very hard, very that one's, hard. That one's difficult too. I won't. I won't disagree there. But like, 
in spite of this flaws, you know, I like the first Gamera. Um, I think Gamera versus Gauss is all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too big of a fan of um, even like of Gueron or Veras, but Jaga's okay. Um, and obviously he did special effects for Barugon, which is... Yeah, no, and like... I, I agree. Personally, though, like I, I'm a fan of all the Gamera films up until uh, about Guiron. After Guiron, they don't uh, interest me nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when it comes to just Yuasa in general, like I, I probably would put this in my one or two. Uh, like one or two when it comes to Yuasa films. Uh, yeah. It's different than most. It, it's different than most of his films, but it also holds that Yuasa aspects near and dear, which I quite mm-hmm. enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, there's not a lot more really to talk about this film. It's, yeah. it's very, it's basic, but it's a mm. good basic to me yeah um there's probably only one thing that i probably i found odd maybe i'm crazy but feel free to clarify but i found it odd you know how near the end of the film they explain that um the old that the reason why the mother um has tamami is because um the two babies got swapped Mm-hmm. Um, at the hospital, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense to me because Tamami looks a lot older. Yeah, I got maybe that's that a casting too. thing. But they maybe. also say she's the older sister. Older sister, yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, which I found really odd. It, it, it doesn't kill the film for me at all, but that was just the one thing where I was like, hold up a minute. Yeah, I. It does make me wonder if part of, like, this film's magic is, like, there's some clear writing flaws Mm -hmm. being, like, the supernatural. Like, maybe it's not meant to be this thing where you leave it to interpretation of whether or not it was or not. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just simply the fact that the writing was so rushed that it just happened. And it's were... hard to say. There's not a crazy amount of information available for this film, unfortunately. Right. Now, one thing I I, I want to end off... I want to kind of end off on a bit of a negative note. Um, oh, really? This film was double-billed with Yokai Monster Spook Warfare. Um, mm-hmm. And I will forever say that that film is... in entirely better than snake girl in almost every sense minus the atmospheric feel but i think the yokai films are very solid in general i still need to watch them yes you do do you have any last thoughts uh rex no i just really enjoy this film and highly recommend anyone listening to check it out if you haven't already um if you like universal horror 
you're gonna love this. If you like kaiju and universal horror, this is. If you like classic black and white horror as well, just in general, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. You're right. So in that case, I guess we can go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, This one's a little shorter than past ones, but I think that's also good. I mean, we spent a fair bit talking about like Criterion and all that at the start. Right, right. Um. So I hope you guys have been enjoying our, uh, by this point, weekly uh, upload rate. We've done Juan, and now we're doing Snake Girl. Um, yeah. The next one I'm excited to talk about. We love about. October. Yeah. Uh, I, like I'm I, also excited for our next film. It's a personal favorite of mine. I, I'm just excited to rewatch it. Um, mm. I've always wanted to do this October like spooky thing. So I'm happy we're finally getting to it. And I'm really hopeful that we're going to continue to do this and it's going to be great. Um, So it's been fun. And so far, we have had a solid lineup. Um, We we picked some solid hitters for this this month. So next October, we're going to have to do some less than stellar stuff. Oh no. Oh boy. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll have to torture ourselves a bit after oh, gifting boy. ourselves. Like this was How my first exciting. time. This was my first time watching Snake Girl. And I'm oh, genuinely happy I did. Mm. I would have overlooked this film a lot longer had it not been for this. I might have. I mean I owned it. I just I had been sleeping on it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, before we linger on too long here, we might as well go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rex, why don't you tell the lovely people where they can find you at? Well, I, I'm Rex Zeno. You can find me on YouTube, Rex space Zeno, uh, on Twitter at Rex underscore Xenomorph and on Instagram, uh, Rex underscore Zeno. And, uh, if you want to read uh, some of the things I write, you can check out the Tokusatsu Network, where I report on some Tokusatsu news, you know? Got some stuff on Ultraman Regulus I need to cover uh, after this sometime. There we go. So definitely check him out. He's got a ton of good stuff. I'm Elijah. Uh, You can find me on YouTube at ET13Productions, on Twitter at ET13Productions, or on Instagram at ET13Productions. If you want to find my personal accounts, it's not difficult. You can do that yourselves. I mean, if you want to see what's going on in this crazy head of mine, go for it. Try. I dare you. Fair warning. (laughs) (laughs) But as for the podcast... Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. That boosts our ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you. We were review bombed, so we're sitting at a solid 3.0. If you guys could help us bump that up, that would be greatly appreciated. I would per, uh, will read your reviews out uh, on air, and it would just be really nice to get more feedback and not have those one stars hitting that score like that. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't, you can... I do. Lucky. Not lucky. 
you can rate us on Spotify now. Spotify has allowed you to review us, so that would be another great way. Or Amazon. We are on Amazon through Audible, so definitely rate us that way if you can. Uh, if you don't have either of those, you can f- tweet us and follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. Or you can like us on Facebook and and or follow us on Instagram and let us know how you feel about the podcast that way. If you're like me before podcasting and you don't have any social media, you can email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You know the drill. And like I said, we'll read your reviews on air for everybody to hear. We also have a Teespring store. It's kind of lame, but if you want to buy some logo merch, go for it. If you'd like to chat with Rex, like yeah, eventually. If you'd like to chat with Rex and I one on one and hear opinions on different subjects, or just talk to people like you, join our Discord server. Uh, I always like to sh- tell you guys what the most recent messages I see in- on our Discord server. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull it up right now. It looks like in our general chat, what was most re- uh, recently talked about was uh, Ifakube pre-Godzilla, how he used some of his music. And mm-hmm. we had a new member talk about how they liked Ultraman Gaia as their favorite tokusatsu movie or television show. So mm-hmm. there's plenty of stuff. And if you'd like to hear one of the conversations we had before this recording, definitely check out our uh, YouTube channel and subscribe to it and hit the bell so you can be notified anytime we upload. Our bloopers can be found there, exclusive conversations, a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, Our episodes on there are a little behind. I will eventually get that fixed. Now, before we sign off here, uh, I wanted to bring up we had a bit of a fan mail the other day. Uh, we had somebody in our Discord ser- server at us and give us a bit of info on our Cloverfield episode. And uh, user Jurgen had this to say. Was just listening to the podcast about Cloverfield. About halfway through, you guys mentioned the camera having playback with an SD card as well as night vision. My family used to have a camera that had playback on the camera with an SD card, and I'm pretty sure a form of night ver- vision as well. Also, just for some more context in that respect, because SD cards were still pretty new back then, some people still said videotape, out of habit, when referring to the video storage mechanism. So that wouldn't have been that weird at that point in time. Which, I didn't think about that, but that's Mm -hmm. true. That's very true. Like, I still have people call, uh, like, DVDs and Blu-rays videos. Yeah. And I do it too. So that's actually a really good point, and I didn't think about that. Hmm. So I bow my head in you and Jurgen. Shame. You're in shame. I'm not in shame. You're in shame. You're in shame. Nah, I have no shame. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Jurgen, for that. And if you guys have anything you want to say, feel free to add us on our Discord, email us. Uh, tweet us, DM us, anything like that. We'll love to hear what you have to say. So thank you, Rex, for editing these episodes. It's really appreciated, especially stuff like this where there's actually almost three hours of audio here. And <laughs> probably gonna, oh boy. It's going to get knocked down to about an hour and a half. 
Mm. So please check him out. All of the links we have mentioned can be found in the description below. Please go out and buy Snake Girl and the Silver-Haired Witch on Blu-ray through Arrow Video. or It's worth it. It's worth it. It's got a great commentary from David Callett, a booklet with an essay by Raphael Coronelli, a beautiful 30-minute info uh, essay, video essay on the uh, manga artist, some great artwork. Highly recommend it. Go for it. Check out this film. Don't sleep on it. So thank you guys so much. And please remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. Bye.